0: Welcome to The Female Red Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. Welcome to The Female Red Zone. This is Mary Beth Kuzmeski. Today, I'm interviewing Pam Ivy. Pam is a trainer, speaker, coach, and founder of Pam Ivy International. She's a publisher of Online Marketing Success Magazine, creator of popular pro- programs such as the Rev It Up and Convert Marketing Club, the Online Marketing Manager Certification Program, and the Online Marketing Sales Machine. She is, as we call, the go-to girl when you want to turbocharge your marketing using the power of the internet for greater visibility, more leads, and to generate more sales for your business. So I am absolutely thrilled to have Pam on the Female Red Zone today. Welcome, Pam. Thanks so much. I'm delighted to be here. Well, thank you for joining us. So, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, the main thing that your company does. I know you do all sorts of wonderful online things, but just just give a little over, overview for the audience of what your firm does. I think um, it was pretty evident <laughs> that we focus on online marketing to
1: really gain visibility, build relationship, and make more sales.
0: Yes. So, Talk about, because this is such a hot topic, for you know, it, it's a conundrum for a lot of companies, it's a conundrum for entrepreneurs, how do we get the word out there and get somebody to pay attention? So maybe you can share a success story, something that uh, you've worked on, so we can kind of get a picture of, of, what you, um, of what you do for people and corporations. First of all, I think it's so important that we get back to basics and we
1: work on a client avatar, fancy term. But basically, it's a persona of our ideal client. And it doesn't matter whether you're um, in corporate or entrepreneur. It's really important that we really nail who it is that we want our message, marketing messages to resonate with. So we create an actual uh, persona, like a character, if you will, of um, that ideal client, including everything from demographics to psychographics. Of course, I focus on the online aspect of things. So I want to find out where they hang out online. And of course, what their top challenges are that my service product or program can address. So I think that's kind of basics, foundation, really important
0: stuff to start with right away. Yeah, Um, absolutely. It makes sense to have that, um, the idea of who you're going after. And it sounds simple, but I think a lot uh, of us don't do that. No, absolutely,
1: and I guess it sounds simple, but it's a little bit more difficult. I have a a workbook that I work with my clients with, and it's actually 25 pages to create this client avatar, but all of our marketing messages should be aimed at this one person. Uh, Of course, we welcome any customers that come our way that really are a good fit for our company, but when
0: we're creating our marketing message, this is who we're speaking to. Yeah, that's good. So tell us about the success story so we can kind of get our arms around it. Um,
1: Let me see. Well, it really helps when I create new products, programs, or services when we're doing our launches because we're really attracting the people we most want to work with. So um, let me see. For me, because uh, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm attracting people to training programs because that's what I do such a lot of, by creating that client avatar, I was able to – really attract the right people into, for instance, my online marketing manager certification program because there's a lot of people who are attracted to that program, but it's not a good fit for everyone because it's a very high level. It's like a marketing director in the corporate world, but it's working with online businesses. So by really honing who my marketing message is aimed at, I'm able
0: to attract the right people into that program and a lot of them. Which is really cool <laughs> Awesome. Well, talk about um, again success story, a success story that maybe one of your clients has had in terms of changing the the, the actual tangible success uh, because of going through a program that you put together. Yeah,
1: well it's really kind of fun because you know if we stick with the client avatar because I'm such a big proponent of those client avatars because it really does make a huge difference. One of my clients actually has been targeting Females, female entrepreneurs for one of uh, her coaching programs and she's a health coach, health and fitness and kind of more holistic. And through working uh, through the workbook and really developing that client avatar, she's found that it's not women who she really wants to work with. That's not her ideal client. When we looked through her past clients and relationships that she has with people, she really resonates with men so much more, and it attracted such a different level of client into her practice, and she got so much so many more referrals and success stories out of it, um, which really you know attracts more and more people because people are talking about
0: you all the time. Was yeah. so
1: that a good example for you?
0: I think so, yeah. Um and I'll I'll keep asking the question because I, you know, I'd love to hear more about, you know, how it's working and all of that. But um another question for you, sort of off the, the the path of of your company specifically and what you guys do, but talking about you in general. So you've had success in your career. Talk about uh maybe a time when you weren't having as, as much success a big challenge that you went through something that you had to overcome in 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 terms of getting to where you're at right now where you're running a very powerful company
1: Huh, very um, it's kind of a sad story but it's very it it was such a catalyst moment for me my husband he was a cancer survivor and we went to his oncologist for his five-year appointment, you know, the one where they say, yay, you're cancer-free, we don't have to see you anymore. And instead, the doctor said to us, it's back, and we're going to treat for comfort, not for uh, cure. (sighs) And that kept resonating over and over in my head, and the doctor continued to talk, and I said, you know, I kind of blurted out, you have to say it to me in in plain terms, doc, for me to really understand this. So he did softly, and you know, with sympathy, it's terminal. And Rob passed away two months later, and that was a huge turning point for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually took a couple, well, a year and a bit off of my business, which is completely understandable to get my head back on, you know, or back together, my, my whole self back together. And I completely changed directions with my business. Rob was a huge, huge giver, and I really wanted to honor that in some way. I was a virtual assistant. That's how I started my business in 2001, so almost 15 years ago. And I had great success supporting other business owners and C-suites with my business. I had grown my team to about 28 people and I was making gobs of money, really. (laughs) (laughs) But I wasn't enjoying it. And Rob's passing really made me wake up and really take a look at what it is that I love doing and what I really wanted to do. And that's how I really delved into the online marketing end of things. Because that's what I was doing for all of my clients. was really helping them gain that visibility and build relationships and make more sales. So that was a game changer for me. And it was also... Um, it was just a huge life change for me, and I I haven't looked back. It's been so much fun, and I love the people that I work with, and really love making that difference.
0: Yeah, what what a story. I mean, I am sorry the, about your husband, and just you know what what that you know how that happened, and all of those things. That five year appointment isn't supposed to be like that, but no um, supposed to be a party, man. <laughs> right, but it, it's also. Um, it's also in 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 another respect, totally separate respect. You know, it's refreshing that you have started something that you love, and you left something that was very successful to do something that you really wanted to do. And I think that that there's a lot of people out there, women and men, um, that they never get that catalyst to, to do that. And they're kind of in this position, they're making a lot of money and they're not going to make a change because it's too, it's too risky in some, in some respects. So um, talk about that. I mean, did you have to struggle through the fact that, you, hey, I have a business that's making a lot of money and now I'm just going to do something different?
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, when you find a lot of success, you kind of do, you're scared to leave it because what if I can't recreate that? And I did that actually when I left corporate. I was at sea level in my corporate job was making a ton of money, which allowed me a lot of life's pleasures that I really wanted. But I didn't like my boss. I actually called her um, Satan's wife. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> I used to leave often, excuse me, in tears, um, and I used to drive three hours a day. But that money was keeping me stuck. Mm -hmm. And one day I just bit the bullet and did it. So I don't know. um, I think it's really an an important lesson to learn because within about two months, I had matched my income. So it was, you know, the passion, but I really was working hard and I was getting myself visible, and I think that's so important. But we do get in this comfort zone, and I think sometimes we just got to shake it up in order to find somewhere where we're just enjoying everything that we're doing.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's 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 not Pollyannish. It's it's actually possible. <laughs> but Yeah. Um- sometimes it seems so far away when you're when you're in a position where you're making good money and it's a good career and you're going to leave it for what? It's like, you know, you, I, I imagine calling my mother and saying, well, I'm thinking about doing this. And she's like, what? You have a great career. What are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. but um, it's it's all about something else. You know, it's, it's not necessarily about, about this, about being happy. But you talked about, okay, so you left. And within a few months, you had replaced your income. And you talked about, getting yourself visible. How did you do that? How did you you know, get yourself visible and, and reach out and find customers and clients and things like that?
1: Just like we're doing today. Podcasts weren't really around at that time, but we had tele-summits. I spoke in person a ton because when I started, I jumped into real estate, not something that I had ever done before, but had a passion for So I'm a voracious reader. So I read a ton. I learned a ton. I have a very strong marketing background. So I did all kinds of local speaking and really across North America to really get my name out there. That was what, from a marketing standpoint, I know I needed to be visible and I needed to build relationships with people. So that was amazing for me.
0: So speaking was a lot of it. Did you have some training in speaking? Did you know... Um, you know, kind of how to do that or how to put something together. Talk about that a little bit. No. <laughs> <laughs> I had some
1: background, honestly. Um, I had a business when I was 25, and it was in the interior design end of things. And we used to do home shows a lot. My sister is a accredited interior designer, so we used to partner up and do home shows. And we used to always, every opportunity, get on stage. Because it used to bring us a lot of business, because you're visible, right? Yeah. I had joined Toastmasters for a little bit, but it just didn't resonate with me. It was too staid and stuffy for me, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it was really by getting out and doing, getting out and doing.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's it. And um, sometimes we we spend a lot of time preparing to get out and do something, uh, and I think that's the same for online marketing. And you might talk to that, but you know, we we think about doing all these things, uh, but maybe we're not we haven't really actually done it in the way that, that we want to do it um, when you're thinking about promoting your business or promoting yourself or um, you know, whatever that, whatever product you might be promoting using the online venue, I mean, how do you get ready to do it and do it quick enough so you can see some results? Because I mean, I, we can think about it, we can talk about it, we can put plans together, um, or we could just throw stuff up there. But somewhere in between has to be the right amount of time to get ready to do some of this stuff. So how do you help people do that so that they can get out and see some results? So are you talking when they have a new program or product or service, how do they launch it? Yeah, I think it's, it's exactly that. So when you left you know, corporate America, um, C-suite position, and you come to start your own company and you know, how do you just get ready to do that?
1: Well, before I left, I had clients. To be truthful, I wasn't just going to take a leap of faith with a mortgage all by myself. (laughs) So I did work pretty much around the clock for about six months, gaining new clients before I left uh, on a part-time basis. And, you know, that's before we had laws. And I know in Canada, I don't know about the U.S., but in in Canada now we cannot text and drive. We we can't actually hold a phone in our hand or we can get charged. So when I was doing this, um, I had the very first BlackBerry and I'm driving my car. Remember I said I drove three hours a day. So I was doing a lot of business in my car, texting as I'm driving and all kinds of things. (laughs) But that's the way I did it was actually I had a couple of really good clients on a part-time basis before I left my company. But for my clients that I work with to gain that exposure to launch their new products, programs, and services, I highly recommend they get out there and be seen. So that's live events and virtual events like a podcast um, to get in front of as many people as they can that those audiences that really kind of fit their target market to get known. We reverse engineer a launch, so a launch really takes about three months or so for a new product, program, or service. And a lot of it is gaining visibility, building relationships. Um, We do a lot of video launches in the online world. So a lot of it is um, reverse engineered back about three months. So it's gaining visibility, getting people to know, like, and trust us, and then launching our product, program, or service.
0: So what are some of the secrets behind video? So if you're using video as one of the tools for online marketing, um, you know, can you just use your iPhone and record something? Or do you need to go into a studio? Or what do you recommend? Or how do you help your clients do that?
1: An iPhone is absolutely fine. When we're overproduced, especially in the, you know, solopreneur, entrepreneur space, it doesn't resonate with people. Because I'm all about relationship building. So I'm all about being real. Um, so an iPhone works well. I just have a um, Sony Handycam that I use, and I set it up in my office, and I have a blank wall behind me, and I do my videos. But I think it's all about resonating with people and building those relationships. We have to let people know, like, and trust us. And those videos are... What we do in those videos is kind of introduce ourselves and let people know who we are, how we came to where we are today, what kind of struggles we had and what led us to create that product, program, or service. And then we give them a lot of great training and teaching points that they can actually take and use. And they think, you know, people think often, oh my goodness, if she's giving away this kind of stuff or he's giving away this kind of stuff, can you imagine what the paid program's all about?
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's enticing them through what they see. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things with video is we see, um, and, and in fact I was, Interviewing someone about a job that she was going for, uh, chief marketing officer, and she did a video um, as instead of writing a follow up note or a follow up letter or follow up email, she did a follow up video. Um, and for a marketing person, I think it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good idea. Um, you know, thank you for interviewing me. Here's the things, you know, the same kind of things that you would put in an email or a letter and she did it in the form of a video and she got the job. And I think that if you're going to be in marketing, showing what you can do is probably a pretty good thing. Have you ever done anything like that? Not, no, <laughs> but I think it's
1: absolutely brilliant. Yeah. It I, I really think
0: it, makes you stand out from the pack. Well, you got it. You got to have some guts to do that because, you know, you got this video. Everyone's going to watch the video, not once, but maybe twice and three times. And if a committee is hiring, then everyone's looking at it. And you just you got to be ready to do it. But but I think if um, if you've got the confidence that you're the right person for the job, why not do something like that and really stand out, uh, you know, especially in your position, you say, well, I don't want to you know, uh, not be professional. Well, I think it's very professional to do it, especially in this day and age of marketing where we have to be online. We have to have um, video in a lot of cases, and uh, so I think it's a I think it's a great idea too,
1: especially for a marketing position because it's really showing your creativity. So I really like that.
0: Yeah. Do you work with uh, as many women in, as men, or do you work with more women than men in your more in your women position? than men and why do you think that is? Because you're a woman or because there's more women that need this or that's just where you've networked or you know, talk about that a little bit. Because I think that there's more women um, entrepreneurs, uh, it seems to me, than, than men. And I think there are some studies out there to say that. but
1: There is. I think it's like a 55-45 uh, split. But the events that I speak at often are women's groups or um, there's a handful of men in the groups that don't understand what's going on there. But (laughs) the the kind of circles that I'm in or the industries that I'm dealing with are primarily coaches, authors, speakers, other trainers, that kind of thing. And they tend to be, at the events that I'm at, female. But I love working with men. I seem to have better results with men. So I'm starting to change a couple of my client avatars. Because, of course, we talked about that before. You don't have to have one avatar. You should have them for you know, different products, programs, and services. So we're starting to switch that up
0: now so that I can get more men in my programs. Wonderful. Well, that's diversity, right? Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think the women that you've worked with haven't had the same level of success maybe that the men have had? They've definitely had success, but I don't. the
1: men that I attract, when I do attract men into programs, are super driven. And if I tell them to do something, there's no question they're doing it. Hmm. And I find a lot of people um are resistant to that a little bit if I can say it in a nice way. They don't do everything that you know you the the experts tell them to do you they, you hire a coach or um a consultant and you'll listen to them, but you're not necessarily implementing everything
0: yeah, you know that's it's interesting because. One of my very first clients, when I opened up my marketing consulting firm, was a financial advisor. And this, this gentleman um, had $10 million of money under management. Uh, and I put a marketing plan together for him and told him you know, what to do. And he did everything that I said, just like you were talking about. He just did everything that I said. And that's how I thought, because he's one of my first clients, that's what I thought all people did. <laughs> and wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> right. And he went from ten million of money under management as a financial advisor to over two hundred million in under five years. Wow. And so it was huge success. And I thought, Well my gosh, this is kinda easy. You just they just do all the stuff you say and, and it works. Um and then I realized that with other clients they um they didn't always do everything that we said. And and in fact that was the norm, not this particular gentleman. And um, you know, it, it's one of those things that you go, Wow implementing is so much more important sometimes than just the strategy or you know the perfection of whatever the the marketing is or the online whatever it is it's it's the it's actually doing it and I I realized that a few years into it because I, I was getting frustrated with all of my clients and I changed my target market to no longer working with um, financial advisors that were sort of getting started in the business, but I worked with the ones that were already very successful that wanted to get to another, you know, echelon of their business. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, um, they had already to be driven, I mean they were already driven, they were already implementers because I just couldn't take the chance of saying, "Hey, this marketing plan is going to work, and then they don't implement it, and it looks like what we put together didn't work, um, right. but it never got a chance because it never got you know fully implemented half implemented isn't good enough, so mm-hmm. it's interesting that you that you say that have you um, so you see that the men you've worked with are more implementers or at least a, a few of the men than than some of the other people you work with
1: yeah. And it's so interesting. You hit on such a powerful point when you said perfectionism. That's something that I struggle with because I am a perfectionist, but I'm totally getting over it, so I'm a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> it used to hold me back from implementing. It used to hold me back from releasing things. And now that I've discovered that, you know, get it together, get it together really well, but it doesn't have to be perfect. You can always be tweaking and you know, complete, not completing, but tweaking as you go along and make it better. But if you don't get it out there, nothing's going to happen.
0: Right. So it's a big,
1: big, big lesson for me.
0: Yeah, it was a big lesson for, for me as well. So thank you, Pam, for joining us on the Female Red Zone. And from the Female Red Zone today, this is Mary Beth Kuzmeski. And I would like to ask Pam if she would give us a little bit of information on how we can contact her if anyone is interested. Absolutely. My pleasure. You can visit me on the
1: web at PamIvy.com. That's PamIvy.com. And easy as ever, you can reach me via email
0: as well at Pam at PamIvy.com. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you spending some time with us and sharing some insights with us about online marketing and lots of other things. And from the Female Red Zone, this is Mary Beth Kosmeski. Thanks for listening to The Female Red Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.